So um, good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming. We are so glad that you guys have supported our second week of this. I hope that you will come to every week. And if not, make sure you check out the podcast if you can't be here. Uh, the teacher in me does need a, a list there just so that I can kind of follow along. And like I said, it's really, if you don't, if you're not comfortable writing things down, don't. <laughs> it's totally up to you, however you feel that it's helpful to you. But it's just helpful to me to kind of go through. Um, I'm hoping that, so we are doing the same thing this week and then kind of part two next week. And I'm hoping that my goal from it was to really work on a couple of things there. And you can see I've got our objective is to identify our, and it says unhealthy expectations of other people. So that's one we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our unhealthy expectations of ourselves. And then the third thing is other people's unhealthy expectations of us. And here's your first pop quiz. Um, we're going to replace those with whose expectations? Hey, y'all. A plus is for everybody. Great. You're doing great. <laughs> um, so one of the target scriptures that I'd really like for us to take home and think about um, over over this next two weeks is Psalm 62, 5. My soul wait thou only on God, for my expectation is from him. And so no matter where we are in our expectations, no matter who has them of us, who we have of them, um, we just really have to always center ourselves back to what does God expect of us and what can we expect of Him? I mean, those two things are really going to be the, there it was, that's a lesson, you're done, good, okay, that's it, that's it in a nutshell, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, Again, got that little teacher thing, I like to think about the actual definition of an expectation. And so the dictionary defines expectation as a strong belief, two blanks there, that something will happen. Or a belief that someone will or should achieve something. And I'll read those again in case you didn't get them or look on your neighbor's paper if you need to. So it was um, a strong belief that something will happen or a belief that something, someone, sorry, that's really important, someone will or should achieve something. So if you don't mind, is anybody, can you just share out a couple of expectations that people have of you? So you can just kind of think in your daily life, I mean, is anybody have one that you just jumped out at you right away? Someone who has an expectation of you. Your job. Absolutely, your job. Yeah, your job has expectations. Who else? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Definitely your children have expectations. I was going to say, which rolls right into a spouse. But um, your parents, I mean, no matter what age you are, your parents have expectations of you. Anybody think of anything else? Really jumps out at you, expectations. Yeah, your friends have expectations of you, absolutely. Um, I mean, like, I think we unintentionally even, or if we don't really think about it, we have expectations from every single person we meet. When you start your day, when you go, if you go to Walmart and buy groceries and you're at the checkout, you have an expectation from that cashier, what that cashier is going to do, not do. I mean, if they don't hit your expectations just right, then you may be disappointed, you may be upset, you may be uncomfortable, you know, there's lots of things out there. But we actually have expectations of 
all day long of everything we do with everyone we meet. Um, so for our class, we're really going to separate those because some of them are pretty normal, and we're going to talk about that, um, into two categories, healthy ones and unhealthy expectations. And definitely we're going to spend more time on the unhealthy ones. <laughs> um, healthy expectations are generally, and this is just my observation of them, they're realistic. So it's something that someone can actually attain. So it's realistic. It's normal. It's a, not a weird thing. You know, it's not anything. Un, it's weird. It's just a normal. And then they are attainable. So it just means that that person, you know, it's realistic that they can actually do that. Um, you know, when we don't expect our two-year-olds to clean their room completely. You know, I mean, there's a normal expectation of that, of what we expect from other people. Um, here are a few that I wrote down that I expect. Um, I expect to be paid on the last working day of the month from Greene County Public Schools. <laughs> if I'm not paid on the last working day, I'm going to have an issue with that. Um, I expect my children to do the tasks I ask them to. Doesn't always happen, but um, I that's my expectation of them. Um, I expect Daryl to live up to his wedding vows. Um, I hope he'll honor and cherish me and provide for me. So far, so good, you know. I mean, yeah. Um, I expect my family to help out around the house, and for the most part, they're pretty good about that. Um, but before we go on, I just want you to look at that little thing in bold there, because I felt like as I was preparing for this that I really needed to put out kind of a disclaimer there, um, or just to clarify, we all have the right and the, to expect to be safe protected and respected um, if you're in a situation where your safety or mental or emotional health or even just plain old disrespect is going on it's not okay and that's not what we're talking about so we're going to talk about letting go of unhealthy expectations but ones like that are are off the table um, if something like that is going on we hope that you will find someone to talk to find the help you need or please know that probably anybody in this room will be willing to help you get any help so I just want to make sure that's really clear that I'm not talking about um, you know your safety or your or your mental well-being, so make sure we got that. All right, um, so then we're going to jump to unhealthy expectations, which is where we're going to spend most of our time. Um, I find them to be, again, this is just, you know, this is my lesson. I can do what I want to do, so I'm picking the thing. So um, they're unfair. And then we're just going to take those same words we just used, and they're unreasonable or unattainable, either one of those. I mean, unreasonable, unattainable. Actually, it's what? Unfair, unreasonable, and unattainable. Got ahead of myself there. Um, so, like, you can and should expect your family, your husband and children, to pick up their own socks. You might be greatly disappointed, but um, you should be able to do that. It should, it should be an expectation. It's okay to have those. So even though unreasonable and unattainable seems like you're like, oh, my gosh, they're never going to do what I want them to do. I mean, we're going to go a little deeper than that. Um, I just want to um, I'm gonna be as transparent as I can for a few minutes. I hope that I can be um, uh, I hope I can do it in a way that comes across that, you know, that I, first of all, I mean, I love my family. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love my parents. I love every one of you that are here today. Um, but expectations can be a really, really hard thing sometimes, and we can get really caught up into them. And so I hope that I can be as transparent as possible and that you'll go away knowing that 
my, it's really awkward that my kids are here, but um, that, that I still love them, even though they don't do what, what I want them to do. And I still love Daryl. We're not on the brink of it. It's all good. But, um, you know, there are things that we expect of people that are, that are hard. Um, and so before I get to that, I just want to talk a little bit about... So, you know, thorns and splinters are like tiny nuisances, right? So, I mean, like, if everybody can kind of identify with that. You've ever been working in the garden, you got a little... or whatever you do, and get a little thorn or a little splinter. And um, I remember when the kids would have them, and you would be like, so sometimes, sometimes you would let it wait. You would be like, okay, we're going to try and wait till it gets a little bit infected so we can get it out, because sometimes it is easier. But if it was bigger or one like that, you want to try and get them out. If you can get them easily, you know, it's more damage to that. But um, they're little nuisances, and they can become infected and swollen and painful, and then they can cause a lot of other problems. So my prayer today is that today and next Sunday, we can do a little self-surgery that we're going to find those little thorns and splinters and we're going to dig them out (laughs) and we're going to put some Neosporin on them. We're going to bandage them up and we're going to start the healing process. Um, Some of them may be small and you might be over it today. You might get something today. I hope you do and say, you know what? That is really not such a big deal. I'm going to be able to leave it behind and move on. But other ones, it's okay if it's a work in progress. It's okay if we just start the work today and that if it's another month or two months or six months before you're completely feeling like you can definitely say, okay, that's gone. I'm done with that. Um, I'm praying that today is that start. And so um, I'd like to actually just pray for a moment if that's guys all right with that, just to ask the Lord to direct our our path this morning and what we're doing. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for letting us be here today, God, and for having this time together. God, I just pray, Lord, that the words that we all share today are exactly what you would have us to hear. We pray, Lord, that we'll be able to take those expectations, the unhealthy ones, Lord, and to let them go. God, that we will just be able to replace anything and everything like that in our lives just with what you expect of us and what you have for us, God, for it is so much greater than anything we could ever imagine. And God, I pray today, Lord, that you would let that healing work begin. God, we just thank you and praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Um, So I'd like to hang out kind of at that unhealthy expectations for a few minutes. Um, If you're comfortable, and I know you don't do this out loud, but um, and we've kind of already talked a couple of them. But if you would like to, maybe just at the bottom of your paper there, think about some people you have expectations of. And, I mean, like you could put initials. You could just put, you know, I mean, just simple child, parent, spouse. You know, we can be really generic. I mean, your employer, we have expectations of all those people. And if you're really brave, you might want to think of a few of the expectations you have of people. And if you're really, really, really all in this morning and you're feeling like you really need to, you might even think about who disappoints you most often with those unfulfilled expectations. Don't have to write like If you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not writing that. It's okay. You don't have to. But that's kind of what we want to be we we got we got to go to a spot that's a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit painful there in order to start the process. So, so you can keep writing if you are, if you're thinking of that. Um, I can honestly say, and this is me being transparent again, that um, nothing in my life, nothing, has brought me more pain. And I mean, obviously, I'm talking outside of you know, major life events, but just in my daily life, more pain, heartache, or anxiety than my unhealthy expectations of other people. 
And so even though I feel like all three of those things are really important, I felt like over and over again I went back to, I wanted to start with ourselves because that just made sense to me. If we start with ourselves, our unhealthy, of ourselves, of other people, and then of others, but I just couldn't get away from it. I knew that I needed to start probably with my with my biggest issue and that's definitely my expectations of other people and then I'm going to go even further and say that you know it's probably been and which is the case with most things that the people you love the most disappoint you the most and hurt you the most and so and it's not it's not anything even that they've done all the time and that's what I kind of want to get to there but um it's it's definitely been the biggest source of that I constantly have to battle, and then so this would kind of be more for next week. But um, where that might have brought me the most pain, nothing has brought me more stress in my life than my expectations of myself and other people's expectations of me that I usually internalize and then become my expectations. Does that make sense? So like somebody asked me, and I'm like, oh. You need me to do that? Oh, well, then I have to do that. That becomes, I, I, if you, that's what you need from me, then I have to provide that for you. So that's kind of going to be next week. We'll get there. But I believe with a strong, deep, passionate, absolute, whatever, with every fiber of my being, that Jesus does not want us to live a life bound by and tied down to unhealthy expectations, um, whether it's from other people or whether it's ourselves of other, whichever category that follows, it falls into. Um, when we first started talking about the class, and Donna mentioned it, and I thought it was such a great idea to have, you know, the, for the women of our church to be able to get together for a little while and just really kind of concentrate on some different topics that might be more ap- applicable to us. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to share about. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's definitely relevant to me. I've learned a lot about managing expectations over the year, but I won't stand here saying that I've got it down pat. And I don't know that I ever will. And that's not me conceding defeat. And it's not saying that God hasn't given me victory in that area. It's me saying that it's going to continually, I mean, you're going to, as life changes, expectations change, people change, people in and out of your lives, all those things. It's always going to be something, you know, and that's, I mean, we know that. I think we're all mature enough to know that you're not going to hit a point where life just suddenly coasts doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no coasting, ladies. I mean, I think y'all know, and we, we know that. But, um, you know, it's definitely something that um, that I feel like is is really important to go over. And to, so I hope I hope you can see what um, what I have to share with you. So if you want to flip over on that back page there. Um, expectation versus reality. When I had my little uh, slideshow, it's going to be really cute, <laughs> of like Pinterest fails. Are you familiar with these? Okay, so what it is is like they show a picture of what something should have looked like on Pinterest and then when people actually make it themselves. And so it's like, you know, our expectation versus reality. My favorite one, though, was actually like the commercials. Like when you watch a commercial for McDonald's or or whoever, whatever, and you see this burger and you're like, wow, that's a new product they have. I think that could be really good. I'm going to try. I'm going to try that. And then you go get it. And it's like, you know, here's the picture of the Whopper or whatever, you know, what burger here and it's all layered and everything's all beautiful and gorgeous and the bun and then you get the squish down that's about this big that obviously some you know lovely teenager has thrown the cheese to the side and you know stuff's falling off of it so our expectations versus reality unfortunately can be really really hard for us um, the first verse there says it's proverbs thirteen twelve. Uh, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick and when we have a hope and we have an expectation and it's turned, so even the Bible knows, they expect us to be disappointed. It's okay. It's all right that we're a little uncomfortable with it, that, that we can be sad that our photo shoot didn't turn out the way that we thought it was going to, that we had these beautiful pumpkins and we thought the kids were going to sit perfectly and do these things. I mean, I remember when 
years ago, Josie and Carter, and they were a little bitty, and um, I had this, I had them all day there at the house, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this cute little idea with them, and this is back, maybe, I think it was, might have been before digital cameras. It was, yes, definitely before digital. So all y'all who don't know what that is, I'll explain later what it means to take a picture and have to wait on it to be developed. But I put them in this little basket and I put little bows on their head and put this little background in there. And you know, and I thought, oh, this is gonna be the cutest thing ever. We are gonna use this for our Christmas card. I'm gonna give it to mama as a present. It's gonna be amazing. And then you get them back and it's like, yeah, so they weren't looking at all. The You can see, you can obviously see, like, you know, my floor. You know, you can see the background of the wall. I mean, there were so many things that were not cute at all about the whole thing. I still have them, but, you know, but they didn't make the Christmas card that year. And so we can be disappointed in things, and it's okay. But then I want to look at that next verse that says, Proverbs eleven seven, Hopes placed in mortals die with them. When we put our hope in anybody else other than God, it's not going to work out well. It's not. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, when we put our faith in, I mean, we talked, Daryl and I went through a, um, a, you know, the last year or so, and some of you may know, he changed jobs, and that was a really big thing for him. And um, one of the things that kept us really centered in that time, and it was still hard, we were disappointed. I mean, he's, he's lost things that he will never have a chance to get back through this. And he, we're thankful for his new job and thankful for the way that God worked that out. But um, we were disappointed. Um, we were disappointed in State Farm. And so... Like, State Farm is a huge company. They could care less about what's going on in, in, in Dyke, Virginia, with this little family there. They don't care. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. And that's okay. I mean, it is what it is. But our biggest, our biggest thing that we had to tell ourselves, and I mean, I'll be honest, it, was, it became a time when, when we had to say it out loud to believe it. We had to say it over and over again that State Farm does not provide for us. State Farm does not provide for us. We don't believe in State Farm. We don't trust State Farm. Um, that's not who, who are our hope and our, our, our um, we know our provisions come from God. And we know he's got us and we know it's going to be okay. And it was okay. It's been just fine. But, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to look beyond those things in that. Um, and that people, though, and whether that's, so to take it another step further is um, my mom always gave me just the absolute best advice um, when I was when we were when I was married and first then with Daryl we were dating and stuff and I still remember to this day that she sat me down and we were talking about something else and I think it was even like an offhand thing it wasn't it wasn't I say sat down but it wasn't like we had this huge conversation um, but she told me she said she said you know we hope that you have you know everything all the good things in, in life and all the good things in marriage she was like but if you depend on daryl for your joy you will always be disappointed she said he is just a man and he will never ever fulfill every need you have he it just won't he won't know i mean he and he does not. He doesn't know things. I mean, that's just that's just a man thing for some of them. It's not. And so my joy, what what makes me happy in life, what makes me, and I mean, they do make me happy. My family is definitely, you know, one of the greatest joys I have in life. But um, but it, it's not the only thing for me. When I get up in the morning and if I go to bed, and I, you have to know that if if that if they weren't there, you know which is a horrible thing to think about. But could you still survive? Could you still go forth in your day? And I know we don't even want to go there and think about those things. But um, we saw 
The movie Overcomer this weekend, which is really great. Y'all seen Overcomer yet? Yeah, it's really good. It's it's an excellent movie. All I expected it to be. That was my expectations. It, it met them. So um, from that, but um, you know, one of the scenes, and I don't want to like give it away if you haven't seen it, but the, um, they ask. He's a he's a basketball coach, and he's losing his team, and so he asked him. He was like, "But who are you?" And he answers first, like, "I'm a basketball coach." He was like. So that's gone, you know, I mean, and who are you? And he goes through it, he's like, well, I'm a teacher. And he's like, okay, so that might be gone. You know, then who are you? And he's like, well, I'm a, I'm a husband, and I'm a father. And, I, and so he goes back to, and like his last answer was that he was, he was a Christian. And he was like, well, what does that mean to you? And he was like, well, that I follow God. That I th-. And so it, to me, it was just another example of our expectations sometimes are, we, we see these, the, the outer layer of things, and to be able to go in and really dig deep to that, it just, I don't know, it just really kind of didn't go along with what I was going to say right there, but it just reminded me of it. So uh, that's, that's a free one for you there, that one. Um, so I know we've already, I want to read that Hebrews 12, 15. Uh, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And then we've already done this part there. I forgot that I switched that around this morning. So skipping over the if you're comfortable list things but we're going to jump to that big um the big bolded spot there um and you may have heard this before but expectations kill relationships that's an old adage if you look it up you can find it somewhere somebody else has put it many many years before me I think I'm on track here to keep going with this. Um, we're going to look at some really unhealthy expectations and some really crazy relationships. And I'm going to try and read it really quickly to you here. But we're going to read the story of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. Um, if I had to pick someone who I feel most sorry for in the Bible, it is probably definitely Hagar. Even beyond, I mean, I know Job had a lot, but, you know, Job got it all back and, and Hagar's fine. But she, to me was in such a position that she was not given many choices at all. And so it's just such a such such an awful story there from that. But um so I'm I'm just going to I'll skip through them. You don't have to turn to them if you don't. I've got Genesis 15:1 through 6. And it's when God has come to the Lord comes to Abraham in a vision. He says, "Do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield and your very great reward." But Abraham said, "O oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my state is Eliezer of Damascus?" And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. And I'm going to jump over to 16. Oh, that's what I just read was 16. One through. Nope, there you go, 16, one through. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to kind of skip around. So um, Abraham had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my handmaid. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So Abraham agreed to what Sarah had said. So after, and I know it's Sarah, but I just can't, I can't keep it up. Anyway, Sarah. <laughs> so after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife. So this is 10 years after the promise here. Um, he took his wife. He took her Egyptian handmaid, Hagar. 
Hagar and gave her to be husband, and he slept with her, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah goes to Abraham, and she says, you're wrong, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she's pregnant, and she hates me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And Abraham did what, you know, some some men, not, not man bashing this morning, but some men said, she's yours, do what you want to with her. Uh, he, so he basically stepped back. I mean, he was, he was all in on the plan to start with. He was like, yeah, okay. But then he was like, yeah, you handle it there. Um, so Sarah mistreats her and she runs away. Um, the angel of the Lord comes back to her and finds her and he says, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress. Then the angel told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. I will increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. And then he gives her a promise there. And so she did, we know she bore the son Ishmael. And then skipping over to 21, 8 through 20. Um, This is Hagar and Ishmael. The child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son. And he's distressed about it, but he ends up telling her and he sends her off. Um, And she goes off with just like, you know, a, a thing of water. And early the next morning, he sends her out with food and water. She went on her way, wandered in the desert. And when the water and the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat nearby about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And when she, God opened her eyes, she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy drink. It says, And God was with the boy as he grew up. Um, they had some pretty normal expectations to start with. So we start with Abraham and Sarah. What was their normal expectation? They thought they were going to have kids. I mean, you know, there was nothing to stop. So that's a normal, regular, that's an expected um, uh, expectation. Expected expectation. <laughs> Sarah and Abraham um, decided to fix it, though. They decided to go, to go ahead and see if they could fix this problem. Um, so they, their expectations were that they could fix it, right, that they could, make it, they could make it better. Hagar, knowing she could be pregnant with Abraham's sole heir, expected better treatment. I mean, so here they are. They have, he has no kids. She's expecting to be treated better. But does Sarah treat her the way she's supposed? To, she feels like she should be treated. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's into now. She's she continues to treat her like she's a slave. So he, that's she's not giving her what she thinks she's due. But her expectations have changed. So Sarah's have changed. Abraham's have changed, and Hagar's have changed. Um, Hagar, then as they go, she comes back, though, and then she expects her son to be part of the inheritance, to go, and he is the firstborn. He's the heir. But her expectations are not fulfilled the way that she wanted them to be. I mean, he, he does take care of him, but he sends him away. He can't grow up in the house there. He sends him out. Um, what a mess. What an absolute mess. Um, God's plan and his expectations are always, always better. And if they had just waited... <laughs> then we could have seen a different, end, I mean, a different, it would have made a difference throughout all of history, actually, throughout the entire Bible there. Um, just a quick side note, though, if your expectations are based in or because of or have any dealings with sin, they're most definitely unhealthy. And that can be, you know, we know that 
and I don't mean to, to, to paint it with a broad brush and I don't mean just, you know, the worst sins out there. But if we, if we have a desire in our heart, um, James 1, 13, 17 talks about that. If, if our desires are, are unhealthy, when that desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives forth death. And so just as a little side note there, and I don't think that's really what we're talking about so much today, but if, if your expectations are, are rooted somewhere or have something in sin, then God's not going to meet those. They're not going to be met ever, and it's always going to lead to a bad end. I mean, Scripture says death. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about that bitter root, though, that grows, um, that Hebrews twelve fifteen, and I put it up there, too. Do so you see what I was doing this morning? I was like moving stuff around. I've shifted my lesson like four times, which means now we get doubles of things in there. But there it is, that great, that the verse again, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Can you just think for a second of someone you know who's bitter about a situation? And I'm pretty sure most of us can come up with somebody pretty quickly about somebody who's still bitter about something. Um, bitterness is, is the worst. <laughs> I mean, it is not good. It doesn't taste good. There's, I mean, the whole definition of that word would be, would not be great. Um, bitterness can spill over into every area of our lives. If we're not careful, we can be bitter that, you know, that something that we didn't get the job that, that the husband, you know, ha- doesn't do what we think he should do, that the kids didn't do, and we can be bitter about it, or we can move on. And that's what we're really going to talk about a little bit, like I said, more, maybe more next week from that. But um, uh, I wish I could get back, and I hope they don't even know, because that, that's the other thing is a lot of times that bitterness and those unmet expectations only bother us, and, like, nobody else even knows. <laughs> like, you know, like, I can't tell you the times, <laughs> and maybe it's because he's a little more oblivious, I don't know. But I will go to Daryl later, and I'm like, so this has been bothering me for the last month, and I just feel like I need to say it, that it really, really hurt my feelings when this happened or what. And, and I said, so I'm sorry that I've been pouting and ignoring you. And he's like... You've been pouting and ignoring me. I'm like, oh, you didn't even know. So most of the time, you know, they don't even know. Or I'm like, I'm not going to do that for them. I always do that one little thing for them in the mornings, and they have not been nice to me, and I am no longer doing that for them. I'm not putting out their stuff. I'm not putting away some whatever it is, and they have no clue. They don't care. <laughs> it is all something that we've designed here up here in this brain of ours. That, that this. So if I could get back, though, all of those holidays, all those birthdays, all those Mother's Day, all those Christmases where I was pouting and I mean there's just nothing more to it I mean we're a little spoiled and I get a little and you pout about things that you think you didn't get what you deserved do you even like even saying it out loud sounds so absolutely horrific it sounds so awful to even say that but if I could get back that I I think that it's one of those I I I would take it back in an instant I would redo them in a minute because the bitterness is not worth it it doesn't help anybody it doesn't help you it doesn't help them nothing at all. Um, I read, a, a Beth Moore has a really small book that's called, I'm looking up when life is looking down. And Beth Moore is one of my all time favorites. I love her Bible studies and things. And she, there was a quote in this book that says, maybe I'm just talking about myself, but whether or not I realized it, I usually found a way to frame my pit. And that's what she's talking about when you're in a pit of despair there to make me look like a victim. And it hit me really hard because number one, we're not victims. I mean, we are overcomers. We are children of the king. We have so much more out there. We are not victims on any level. But 
when we reframe things sometimes that it's always about us, it always comes down to they hurt my feelings, they didn't do what I wanted them to do, the kids didn't smile in the picture, you know, nobody came to the pumpkin patch like I thought it was going to be this perfect thing. And then we have that, it goes back to to how we become the victim in that. And we're not, you're not victims, ladies, y'all know this, but we're not, we're not victims. We have to put into reality sometimes how small those things really can be, the insignificance of it. Um, People can help us, but they can't heal us. Only God can heal us. He only wants good things for us, but he wants us to want good things. We have to pray for his desires to be the desires of our heart. Um, I have them listed in that little block to the side, but Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. And then I want to read Psalm 23, 103, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives you your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Um, I don't want to, we're getting ready to wrap it up here, ladies, but next week we can start with those four ways that we can overcome the disappointment and hurt from unmet expectations. And then hopefully we'll talk a little bit about, um, our other people's expectations of us. I've said it too many times today. I'm going to not be able to say anymore. And then ours of, um, and then our, of ourselves. That's it. So, um, thank you so much for being with us today.